cliffcentral.com. Now, let's turn our attention to JJ Cornish, who, of course, is our man on the ground when it comes to understanding and making sense of all the things that are going on in Africa. And he joins us now. JJ Cornish is here for African Analysis, our bi-monthly feature, which is brought to you by the Johannesburg Business School. And we're looking at all the things going on in Africa. JJ, bonjour. How are you? Bonjour. I'm immensely well, thanks. Very kind of you to ask, though, nonetheless. I mean, it's not about me, but I appreciate your asking. <laughs> and I wanted you to know, I haven't managed to break or crack the black net yet, but I do do funerals. Oh, you do? Well, you know what? I... I think I think you would you know, be, you know I'm actually you'd be a better speaker at most funerals a, than some some of the relatives that we we were talking about earlier. I pitched up at a friend's funeral in the days you know when I was still in the running club, mm-hmm. and they said, "Would you mind doing the eulogy?" Ooh, I mean, I'm sitting down waiting to weep yeah. along with my friends. Of I course. said, "What do you mean?" And the, he'd lived he'd lived a complex life. He'd had a couple of wives. How right. many of them were there? What could I say? I didn't know more about him than, you know, than we'd be, we'd had, we'd run together and had a few drinks together. So while everybody was singing, the church is one foundation, I was writing, <laughs> seriously trying to write notes. <laughs> happily, happily, I didn't do a bad job, but I, I, I've seriously done funerals. <laughs> and, and the trick, the trick when you're going to do a eulogy uh. is scripted. Know what you're going to say, yes, and then take a long, long walk and say it, and you burst out, you know, in tears. Well, start again and walk and walk and walk until you can say it without bursting into tears. Funerals are not about uh, the, the, you know, not so much about the person who's died as about the people who are mourning them. So it is a show, you know, there's a bit okay. of theater. No, you make a good point. Do it properly. So let me ask you while we're on the topic of funerals, and this wasn't really on the, um, on the agenda for today, but we spoke the other day and we were all absolutely engrossed in the story that emerged from Zimbabwe, which I'm sure you've heard of, about this mystical scepter that was buried with uh, Bob Mugabe and now how um, Nangagwa wants to have him dug up so that he can get the scepter back and, and obtain proper control of, of Zimbabwe. Do you think that there's anything more to this that we may have missed? Have you been following the story? Do you care about it? Or do you think it's uh, just a, another one of those ridiculous stories that comes out of Zim? No, no, I've used it many times. Uh, the fact is, uh, Grace Mugabe, who's of course you've in used Singapore, the, you've used and, the scepter? Uh, unlikely, she's been, she's been fined a, a couple of cattle and a goat for incorrectly burying her husband in the village as opposed to on Heroes Acre. Robert Mugabe said, Grace, whatever you do, don't bury me on Heroes Acre. Because that Nangagwa guy, he wants my body parts to Mm -hmm. use, you know, for for rituals. I didn't know about a scepter. And when you think about Robert Mugabe's body parts and a scepter, it could make you smile uh, wryly. But nonetheless, (laughs) you know that when he was buried, they filled his grave with concrete. Yes. So they're going to have a dickens of a job. We're talking jackhammers uh, and, and, you know, not the rock group jackhammer either, getting him out of that grave. Unbelievable. Uh, it, it'll be a, a colorful time, colorful time. All right. So let's turn our attention to the important stuff. The Af- Pan-African Parliament, this, this was a, a hugely embarrassing situation that erupted there last week, and we spoke about it to some degree. Um, we spoke about Julius Malema losing his, his mind and going and threatening to kill someone outside. But um, what are the people at the Pan-African Congress actually fighting about, the Pan-African Parliament, rather? What are they fighting about? Um, what's, what's the actual um, – what's the trouble? What's the beef 
Well, uh, to use your, your beef analogy and allow my pun, things are going from bad to worse at the pub, you know? <laughs> the thing is, <laughs> the Pan-African Parliament, they are fighting about uh... what they're fighting about in the African Union itself. And that is, and it's very uncool to talk about it, the battle between Francophone and Anglophones and also the battle between the regions. Now, you have a big continent. It's no more united than, I don't know, uh, 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 any uh, derby football match, you know, mm-hmm. saying that the two fans in the being in the stadium are united. Not yes. at all. We have north, south, east, west, and central. Yes. And as it happens, the west is uh, a, a largely francophone. Uh, and uh, the... the pre- leadership or the presidency of the African Pan-African Parliament, which was established in 2003, uh, has really resided in the West and the center, which is Francophone. Now, the African National Congress, Kulemabe, is saying that's enough of that. And they've tested it, legally tested it, and it's been told that it's wrong. The principle of geographic rotation Mm -hmm. and the principle of (coughs) rotational leadership must apply and really, it's Southern Africa's turn. You know, so- Southern Africa, the Southern region, has not had a fair crack of the whip at the African Union. Uh, when, uh, of course, Azana Dlamini Zuma became president of the African Union uh, Council, she didn't really get a, a fair crack at all. And she had one term and was out. And So uh, Southern Africans and East Africans, largely Anglophone, have had enough of this. And they want to get a look in. Right. And uh, the uh, essentially the Moroccans, who are my mild friends, you know, the Moroccans, who are trying to buy as many friends as they can and to establish themselves, uh, have supported a Malian woman, Hydra Aichata Sise. And, and, you know, they put a jet at her disposal. That jet, I think, is at ORT as we speak. Wow. The fact is, wow. Mali, Mali, had, Mali having had a, a coup is suspended. So uh, uh, Hydra can't do it, but nevertheless, she's still trying. And, uh, you know, that that's the problem. The thing is, you know, when you have hotheads uh, like our, our uh, Juju, uh, we, we, uh, uh, shaking his fist and threatening to kill people, yeah. there, are, there are people of the same ilk. Now, this, the Pan-African Parliament is comprised of five members from each of the countries that have ratified the, 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 the treaty. And those five members have to have at least one woman, and they should reflect the uh, uh, disparity or the, uh, the 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 political picture, the political map of the country. So we have opposition members and so on. Okay. But it's a it's a the thing about the African the Pan African Parliament is Gareth. At, as we sit now, it's a talk shop. Yeah. Right. It's supposed to have oversight of the budget of the African Union, supposed to have an, uh, a sort of a watching role on what is happening there. Not at all. The African leaders, many of whom won't have uh, any truck with their own parliaments, are not going to have any tolerance for a continental legislature. They have to uh, fund it. But they have limited its powers, and every time the African Union Parliament or or the PAP says mm-hmm. we need to get extra powers, we want to become a continental legislature, the European Parliament took 20 years to become that. It will happen for us. Well, they they, 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 they nothing happens. The no, African well, Union leaders stop. They put the, pull the reins. 
Of course, I mean, to, it, it, it's a bold idea, and, and it's something which is probably in, in the legacy of, of Obasanjo and, and Mbeki more than anything else. But it's highly unlikely that this body will ever really amount to anything because sovereignty becomes the issue. And we know that African leaders, and particularly the executive leaders of each of these countries, are highly unlikely to hand over any of that power to some continental legislature and, and furthermore can you just remind us why the pap is here in south africa why why do we have to host this uh, ridiculous body jj see if we lost him hmm oh there uh, oh hold on sorry uh, yeah got me now okay yeah, yeah yeah why why are they here in in south africa again i've forgotten why okay 2002 we have the inaugural summit of the African Union. We uh, don't want to be the heavy boots coming in. You know, the former apartheid regime, now the ANC government, take over everything. So the bank, the uh, uh, all, all the big, the more important um, organs of the African Union, we don't even try for them. We don't even put up anybody for the presidency. We don't put up anybody for uh, the, the, the executive. Right, but we had Freni Jinwala, who was our speaker at the time, I remember. and she pushed uh, she pushed Nelson Mandela very hard to get the uh, um, uh, well, it was in fact sorry, Thabo Mbeki, very hard to get the uh, Pan African Parliament, which you got. It currently costs us four hundred and thirty eight million rand a year, and that's going to decrease to two hundred and seventy five million. The rest of it is paid from the African Union. It has its headquarters at uh, Midrand, at mm-hmm. Gallagher Estates in Midrand. And, 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 and that's it. We talk, talk, talk. Gareth, I have many, many times been the only journalist there. <laughs> I go along because I think I, you know, I sort of owe it. <laughs> if I'm really serious about Africa, I should be doing this. Absolutely. But I'm the only journalist. And they say, well, we can't have a press conference for only one journalist. Would you like to interview the speaker? So I get I get sort of exclusive interviews with the speakers. And, and, and that works very well. But, you know, I went one day expecting a nice knock-down, drag-out debate on Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. and they just didn't hold it. Robert Mugabe let them know, no, you're not going to debate Zimbabwe. What's your business? And, and so that sort of thing happens again and again. And you sit there and you think to myself, who on earth is going to take this story? You know, what they is do it? have ruck- What what does it cost? I mean, uh, you know, these things are not cheap to run. And we know politicians, you just mentioned private jets at the disposal of this one or that one. Clearly, these people have to be flown in from various places. They have to all be uh, accommodated somewhere. They have to be uh, fed and and clothed and God knows what else. And this is usually at the expense of their people. I mean, it's just it's a bit ridiculous, really. It's it's um, it's almost a bit of pageantry for no good reason. Right. At, at the moment, it is. Until yeah. it performs a proper role, a proper legislative and oversight role, it is. It's simply a talk shop and a very expensive one at that because all the members get um, allowances when they get here and so on. The, it's like the rest of the African Union. Again, the bulk of the money comes from a very few of the members, and some of them pay nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> South Africa, Angola, and Nigeria are the biggest contributors to uh, the uh Parliament and and at the moment uh, you know we've had four four uh, uh, presidents five in fact with the acting chief uh, Chirumba from Zimbabwe and and those countries have had not a look in at the bureau 
yeah. and at the presidency. So no wonder they're angry about it. So it is expensive. I think it's about 7 billion rand a year. And, and the African Union, as they picks up most My of that. God. And South Africa's contribution, okay. as I said, is approaching half a billion. It's, it's dropping down to a sort of just over a quarter of a billion. So good we're not paying that much. You know, and, and it's one of those things that, that people say, and, and I take the view, for example, I'm a multilateralist. Mm. They take the view with United Nations and the youth. No. said this before. What are they doing? And fighting. So you have it. But in the case of the African Union, not only are they only talking, but they're just about being told what they can or may talk about. Well, no, what's what's the use of what's that, gonna you know? what's gonna happen to Julius Malema after he said he wanted to kill one of the other members of the of the African Parliament, the Pan African Parliament? Is he, is there going to be any any follow up on that, or is that just the kind of thing that happens at the PAP? Is this just something we must carry on with and and shirk off and move on? I haven't heard of any. The, the, the session will resume in around October. I haven't heard of any disciplinary action being prepared, and there was a Senegal. Uh, uh, member called War, uh, who kicked the uh, speaker, the, uh, the 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 ANC chief whip, a woman, and of course the ANC Women's League got on about the gender-based violence, and yeah. they threatened, and they threatened, she threatened to lay charges, yes. and he tearfully came and apologised to her, and she accepted that. Oh so uh, that bit that bit has been covered. But as for, uh, I think Julius Malema would, would, was arguing that he had been threatened with death, and that is why he threatened, uh, you know, equal or, or, or a proportional response, as these, you would call are, it. But are, I haven't heard of disciplinary measures being taken against him. Yeah, these are not serious people, but thank you for trying to explain it to us. Um, and, and I hope that um, that if anyone's passing by Gallagher Estate and, and, and hears a huge racket and ruckus, that they'll pop in and at least offer you some biscuits if you're covering it, because there's no one else here who's going to look after you. Thank you so much, JJ. Good to speak to you as always, and we'll chat to you in a couple of days' time. Looking forward to it. Thank you. JJ Cornish and a look at Africanality. This morning. Cliffcentral.com